Welcome to Dramas with a Side of Kimchi, the fangirl party every drama fan wants to join. Grab your kimchi and face masks and let's chat Asian dramas. I'm Carrie the Mockney. And I'm Kay Muse. Don't forget that we have a Patreon page. We have a monthly episode we release exclusively for our patrons. This month, I believe it was, we chose our fantasy serial killer casting and then we had to decide if we were going to marry them. Um kiss them or throw them off a cliff that was so much fun <laughs> oh we chose very differently <laughs> we did <laughs> i chose on hotness carrie chose on whether she'd survive we all know who was right <laughs> but it was a very fun podcast so if this kind of thing is interests you and and we did a lot of reviews on great dramas and different just fun kind of quirky things uh, go check it out. And our patrons also get an exclusive invitation to our Discord server where we chat daily about all the dramas we're watching. We participate in group watches and we support each other in our drama addiction. So we'd love to have you join us. Oh, yes, please so- do because it's just, it's so much fun over there. I love our Discord. It is. It's a very fun place. And quick disclaimer. So we are not recording on our usual times. So uh, my house is a little chaotic. I have some teenagers. I did not know we're going to spend the night here. So huh. hypothetically, they're going to be staying in their rooms for while we record this. But who knows? My mm-hmm. neighbor across the street is redoing all their roof and their gutters. And there's like a whole symphony of machines going on as I speak. So if you hear a saw or a drill, it's not you going crazy. Uh, it's my house and for some reason we have like 14 scrub jays that are currently in my backyard well I know the reason because I feed birds I'm a huge (laughs) bird enthusiast but usually we have like one or two not 14 and they're extremely loud and squawky so some (laughs) of that might come in as well um so sorry (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> usually be- try to be a little bit more professional but you're getting midweek k-muse where her <laughs> life is cast as my my grandfather clock chimes us in so <laughs> it's uh, all life. good it just, so there's gonna color. be there's gonna be some background noise and i can't help it because yeah i i can just imagine um excuse me mr crew that's doing all the construction can you like shut up for 40 minutes i'm <laughs> podcasting about korean boys <laughs> you know that probably yeah, that would, would not go, go over, over really well <laughs> <laughs> i would be laughed out of the area so oh yeah yeah so that's where i'm working from today so i just wanted a quick disclaimer okay so noise disclaimer for Muse because her neighborhood is way more interesting than mine <laughs> <laughs> Well, if I started feeding birds, maybe that would make it. No, nah, that's not going to happen. I'd have the cats trying to launch themselves through the windows all the time. Well, My cats but are that dumb. could also create some amusing TikTok videos that you could get rich <laughs> off of. Just saying. <laughs> oh, yes, that's my goal. TikTok wealth. <laughs> it could happen. You never know. <laughs> Funny enough, you and I watch a rooster every day as our morning wake up. Mm-hmm. Um, for any of you those listening that have discovered Carlos the Rooster on TikTok, best thing ever. He makes me happy. Jenny me mocks too. us, but he makes me happy. <laughs> he's oh. just so dumb. I love he, it. He's the derpiest rooster I've ever seen. 
<laughs> and it's like the hair and the personality is like, oh, my word. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, now you know that I like birds and I like watching derpy roosters on TikTok. <laughs> so, yeah, things you yeah. learn about K-Muse in the middle of the week. <laughs> yeah, this is going to be all kinds of different. All righty. Well, shall we move on to our our review of Law Cafe? Yes. yes Not a review. It's a first impression. Yeah, we should probably do something about it. Because I didn't spend the last two days catching up for nothing. Just saying. (laughs) All right. So I'm going to try to read the synopsis and I'm going to edit it as it goes because I'm an editor. This is what I do. And this synopsis was um, not written by me. So we have four friends, Jung-ho, Yuri, Se-yeon, and Jin-ki. And they've been friends for 17 years since they met at So-yeon High School. Jung-ho now is a landlord who used to be called a monster genius of the prosecution. Despite his clumsiness, he is a cool guy with a mysterious charm. Yuri is an eccentric lawyer who won the past Miss Korea contest with her outstanding looks. That has not come up in these four episodes. Anyway, her hot-tempered characteristic is that she cannot stand injustice, and it leads her to quit her firm and start a law cafe of her own. When she goes to see her landlord for the contract for the cafe, she finds out that he is her old friend Jung-ho, who mysteriously disappeared, what, like three years previously? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. From that point, a crazy relationship develops from friendship to love. So, and honestly, that's not a spoiler. Okay, and so then they mentioned Seyon and Jinky. I assume they will come up later. Yeah, they sure haven't come up in the last four episodes. That's mm-hmm. for sure. I don't know. This is based on a webtoon and I'm or a web story or something like that. Mm-hmm. And I'm wondering, are they more prevalent in the webtoon because i mean they're totally non-existent almost i mean even like the cafe characters have more screen time and Mm -hmm. so it's really weird that they're front and center in the synopsis well maybe they'll come into play after these first four episodes that's what i'm kind of hoping for because i mean kim sulki does not deserve this kind of treatment but anyway sorry that's getting ahead of ourselves we'll get there we will get there yes in the spoilers yes We're not spoiling anything yet, but we will have words later. Okay, so let's start in our non-spoiler section and talk about Yuri's character. Uh, Maybe some of our favorite aspects. Maybe is there something that's annoying about her? I am really loving this actress in this role. She's so much fun. It's a lot of fun to see her reconnecting with Lee Sung-gi. Um, I know I was one of those that felt she had a lot more chemistry with him in Korean Odyssey than the mm-hmm. leading actress did. Oh, <laughs> yeah, 100%. So, <laughs> even though I'm sad that um, Solgi isn't the leading lady, this is a very good pairing. Like, they have so much energy, and they just you could tell they feed off of each other's vibes, and it's wonderful. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. They're, they are so charismatic together. I mean, Issa Young is pretty charismatic on her own, but she's been given a lot of historical roles with depth where she doesn't get to be as bright and cheerful as she is here. And I love seeing this from her because it's a delight to watch them together. Because like you said, they play off of each other and they just bring this vibe that is so fascinating and so engaging. I love them. Oh, wait, we're talking about Yuri, not both of them together. <laughs> <laughs> we talk about both of them later but yeah Yuri specifically 
Yeah. I always, I also love that she's like so gosh darn ornery. Like mm-hmm. she's like a pit bull where she chomps on something. She's not letting go. Mm-hmm. And I love how that has continued from the second you meet her to the end of episode four, where we're at right now. She's just a lot of very vibrant actress or character. And I'm having a lot of fun with that. Oh, yeah. And she's absolutely tenacious, but she's also approachable. Like the whole point of her law cafe is she wants to help solve legal problems before they start or before they get to court. And so she wants to be just kind of a neighborhood fixture. And she has the right personality to do that because she's engaging and she meets people on their level. There's a point in episode four that I won't really spoil, but I was really pleased with how she was handling the client in front of her because it it could have been a difficult situation and she could have talked down and kind of created distance and she didn't. Well, and I also really love that we're not stuck in a courtroom for the whole show because as you know, we have like a crap ton plus infinity of law shows coming out this fall. <laughs> yeah. Like every single show seems to have law themes in it. And so I'm just all like, oh, and it was really nice to start with this one. And it's like, oh, she's quitting her job. She's not a lawyer. He's not an official lawyer prosecutor. They're both just like living it up in this random three story apartment and life is good. Mm -hmm. And so it's so nice to not be in the nonstop courtroom brouhaha for once. Agreed. I'm a fan of that. I can tell just a little bit. All right. So Isungi is playing Jung Ho, who is the former monster genius of the prosecution. And why do we love him? Well, first of all, the man has got his lifestyle figured out. And let's just say it does not involve a penthouse or marble or Armani suits or any of that. He lives in a rooftop apartment and he hangs out in a kiddie pool with a fan blowing on him to keep himself warm. And he's happy. And I love seeing that. I think you're like when you say rooftop apartment, you think like, you know, cheap. He is not living cheap. His rooftop apartment is pretty luxe. I'm just saying, you know, he might be living in a kiddie pool just to (laughs) like having his vibes and everything. But he is that apartment is really gorgeous. And I would happily live there. And you know he has AC. It's not one of those rooftop apartments that they're boiling in the summer and freezing in the winter. So he's definitely not living a horrible lifestyle. He writes his webtoons or his uh, manhwa and he owns property. He's not a pauper. So even though he kind of looks like a loser. (laughs) (laughs) It's just part of his very relaxed bachelor vibe. Yeah, we'll go with that. Yes. Well, yeah, and you're right. The climate, the climate conditioning is totally apparent because I think he has like a leather couch or two, doesn't he? Oh, yeah. And yeah. all the bookcases and the gorgeous, like if you look at all of his, um, all of the fixtures in his apartment are very high end. Mm-hmm. So he's not living a uncomfortable rooftop apartment lifestyle which is what I think of when you say lounging and rooftop 
Um, well, but he still has the artificial turf outside and that just calls to mind all sorts of rooftop apartments I've seen in the past. So, I would know. say that's more just quirky landlording <laughs> rather than I'm going to live a bum lifestyle because he's obviously living a good life. Yeah. It just happens to be on his terms. Which more power to him. Yeah. Uh, talking about his lifestyle, I think we need to talk about the styling. Um, Jung Ho has brought back the early 2000 tracksuit with a vengeance. I know a lot of you new viewers don't understand the tracksuit trope because this was very much a thing back in the 2000s, like early 2000s, mm-hmm. where all the shows, if you wore a tracksuit, that usually meant that you were kind of slobbish you didn't have a job you know you were like living the cool non-working lifestyle but it's kind of lost its significance a lot in more current dramas you'll see it occasionally but it's not used as a trope as much but he brought him back and not only does he have the traditional red tracksuit which is the one you see on almost everybody but he has like six different versions of the tracksuit in various (laughs) colors, some of them more luxe than others. So Mm -hmm. yet another example on how he's not your usual loafer because he has multi-level tracksuits and some of them are obviously designer tracksuits. So I love this. But he doesn't have any that have hand-sewn sequins from Italy. That is true. That is true. So uh, I I don't know if he's fully achieved his like shable tracksuit power yet, (laughs) but he's also not a shable because he's just the son of a politician dash prosecutor. True. A very rich one who married the daughter of a shable, but that's completely different. So he's not living the shable lifestyle. He's living an entitled, wealthy, maybe not made it all himself lifestyle, (laughs) but not shable level where you'd be you know getting designer crystal tracksuits <laughs> and then we have yuri in her animal prints and her flowy blouses and her her sleeves that come over her hands and just she's very fashion forward and loud like she wears yellow she is not in pastels or dark colors she wears yellow she wears bright blue i mean this girl her clothes speak to her she she is i'm not going to say that her wardrobe is a character like it was for iu in um oh that just fell out of my head and i just rewatched it the show i didn't like (laughs) yeah the one with baby opa oh my gosh (laughs) i don't like being old because i forget things but the one show with IU. It was so funny. I was talking with K-Drama Jen just yesterday and she was like, I'm listening to our uh, last podcast and we're totally like the old ladies that forget everything and be like, you know, the guy who was in the second generation, cousin (laughs) of (laughs) so-and-so. And And I'm like, yeah, we're totally those ladies. (laughs) We are. And you know what? I'm just going to own it because we've been doing this for five years. And I know if we're you're still listening stuff, to us at this point, you know what to expect, <laughs> <laughs> which is not a long memory. Hotel Del Luna. That's what it is. Mm. Anyway, so Yuri's wardrobe is not Hotel Del Luna level, but it is just it matches her very bright and exuberant personality. 
Well, I love that. Again, it's not extreme couture, but Mm -hmm. you can tell that she puts a lot of thought in what she wears. She wants to promote like it's not like it's casual wear, but it's not the high end um, shable daughter outfits either. It's Mm -hmm. very the color palettes are amazing. The details on all of the cuts and the fine uh, prints and all of her clothes are so inviting. And I just wish I was 20 and could wear those type of things again. And I would totally wear like the whole wardrobe. There's nothing she's had on that I would not want for my own wardrobe. So if I was, you know, 20 years younger, which I'm not, <laughs> but if I was, that is the vibe I would want in a wardrobe. And more power to you. I do not have the courage to wear something like that, but I still love watching other people who can wear it. I think it's cool. <laughs> so does the couple have chemistry? They do, which makes me so happy because I am a huge Isungi or Isungi fan. So don't get me wrong, but he has a lot of dramas where he doesn't have chemistry with his leading ladies. It's just how it is. I know there are people out there that would debate me, but I'm sticking to my opinion on that. And he's so charismatic that often he overshadows any of his female co-stars and they just don't have a connection. And so... Yeah, I am so excited to see that they seem to be on equal chemistry levels and there's so much sizzle. It's awesome. I love it. It makes mm-hmm. me so happy. Oh yeah, they are. I mean, charisma is the way to talk about it because they do. They just together separately, they have the charisma and because together they have it, it's just I can't look away. I love watching them. I love their interactions. I love how comfortable they are. She really is on his level. I'm looking at his um his last few dramas over here on MDL and like in Vagabond he was with Susie which Susie does all right but she has her weaknesses but and they didn't have chemistry yeah exactly that's what I'm saying she she I'm not wasn't saying to his level. that all of I'm not saying all his leading ladies have been horrible mm-hmm. I'm just saying when it comes to romance there's no sizzle yeah and that's what I'm saying too he's finally paired yeah. with someone who can match him because Korean like Odyssey, that. I felt like there was nothing. Oh, no. no. Um, yeah, let's I see. Yeah, the one you just mentioned, nothing. Mouse, definitely not. <laughs> <laughs> he had more chemistry with, like, the sociopath, like, brain transplant than he did <laughs> with any of the women in this show. <laughs> I'm trying to think. He had some chemistry in his very earliest dramas way yeah. back when. But again, it's been years since I've really been excited for him as a romantic male lead. So I am so excited. Yeah, he's just and he's just been great. Like, like I said, just watching them is fascinating. And they're I mean, in these first four episodes, you already see the push and pull. They already feel like they have a history together. They're already just so, so familiar with each other's habits and just everything. It's this comfortable chemistry that I really like watching and I can't wait to see it grow. Yeah. So what are our general feelings about this drama and do we recommend it? I'm really enjoying it. It does have some faults. We're going to speak about some of those in 
or what I consider faults. So we'll be speaking about those in our spoilers section. So it is not a perfect drama, but I'm really enjoying the energy. I'm enjoying uh, just the overall vibe of it. It's engaging. So I plan to continue watching it. So I would say give it a try. Um, I don't think it's going to be for everyone, but if this kind of thing does is your cup of tea, then you're going to really like it. Agreed. I, this was one of those things that I've been reading about it for a few months because I do the teasers, teaser posts for the blog. And so I knew it was coming. I'd watched some of the trailers and I was like, well, we'll see. I know I wasn't really sold on it. Excuse me. But then I watched like the first 10 minutes I was on a plane and I watched the first 10 minutes. I was like, this is what I've been looking for. Just the vibe, the direction, the chemistry, like we've talked about, just everything. I'm like, this is clicking for me. And so I have been happy to watch these four episodes. I definitely hope that it goes somewhere good. I, I have a feeling it will, will. I need to go look at the writer and the director. But yeah, I, can I just say the drama that shall not be named has burned me good because now I look at writers and directors <laughs> now you're all like, the time. Eh, is it going to suck? Yeah, because that one was so good <laughs> until it wasn't. But anyway, but so far, yes, this is what I've been looking for. I've been kind of a, a drama mood and this has hit it for me. It's a rom-com with depth and I'm just, I'm super happy. And again, I'm happy. Just, I wish there was a little less law stuff, but it is what it is. So Yeah, I mean, it is a... It's called Law Cafe, so there's not much getting away from the law stuff. All right. So you know what time it is. Oh my gosh, we have to find a better bell that didn't come through. (laughs) (laughs) All right, let me try again. I I did it away from my microphone because I didn't want to overpower anything. So that is much better. Okay. (laughs) We need to overpower. Overpower (laughs) with the spoiler bell. (laughs) <laughs> yes, the spoiler bell. Oh, my my grandmother would be so happy. That was her bell. So as you all know, as we've talked about it for a while, that means we're going to be doing spoilers. So if you have not watched episodes one through four, we're going to be speaking about them in some detail. And if you want to remain spoiler free, then push pause, go watch the episodes and then come back and listen to our thoughts. So once again, these are our thoughts just total first impressions so do we know what's going to happen no so don't hate us if we get it wrong (laughs) (laughs) yeah don't come back and be like wow you guys missed it entirely we've got four episodes under our belt anything could happen yep all right so first things first where the flip is kim sulgi why hire her and not use her epic comedic chops now for the few minutes i mean she's been on screen for a total what five minutes maybe ten i wouldn't even say five I wouldn't even say she's had five minutes. She's maybe had five sentences that she has said (laughs) since she's been on screen, um, which is so disappointing. Oh, 100%. Because I was looking forward to seeing her. Now, I will give it this. We open on her wedding is like the second scene or the third scene. And she's getting married to their childhood best friend. And like, she's so mad at him because he's like sobbing like a baby. And she's like, pull it together. So anyway, that, that was funny, that but was then hilarious. it just disappeared. Well, and then she's the sounding board for Yuri for all uh, sorts of things. Barely. She's well, she laying pregnant. there pregnant, but that is no excuse. And well, it's obvious that huge amount of time have passed because there's mm-hmm. the wedding. And then it fast forwards to she's pregnant 
And then it kind of jumps again to where she has the baby. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, she's here for like 30 second increments with no personality coming forth other than that first scene where she's upset that everyone's crying. <laughs> I mean, other than that, which was funny, mm-hmm. but other than that, she has no presence in the show whatsoever other than a plot device for the leading lady to talk to. And as a timing, a timing mechanism. Yeah. Yeah. So you yeah, know. I'm with you. I'm a little bitter about that, but I'm also holding out hope because she is a big enough name. I'm holding out hope that now that she's had the baby, she'll show up more. I hope so. Cause I'm kind of pissed. <laughs> so, I don't blame you. I'm just saying. Yeah. All right. So the whole point of this show is she goes and opens this law cafe where she gives advice to people that are looking for law advice. You know, something's gone wrong in her, their lives. And instead of a bartender, they come to her and she doesn't even like take care of the cafe. She kind of just hangs out there waiting (laughs) for people to come ask her law advice, which is kind of random. Um, But here she is. And it ends up that we discover that she is against this evil developer group who was the reason her father passed away. And then he got like smeared with a campaign of suddenly he's the bad guy because they needed like a fall guy and he's dead. Mm -hmm. Um, So there was this whole big thing with her versus this development company. And of course her first case is against the same development company because they're doing scummy things by using cheap uh, quality products to make these buildings and everyone can hear everyone else's business because the floors and insulation are so minimal. Mm -hmm. And so that's kind of the first hurdle of story that we get. And did we like it? Um. Okay, so I am a little tired of the evil developers as the villain. And clearly this is going to be an ongoing thing because Jung-ho has ties to that same corporation kind of indirectly. But um, I guess it must be an issue in Korea for them to come up so often. Other than that, I don't know. I'm sure it is, but it just doesn't feel very creative. It's just kind of like... Oh, okay. Another evil developer. But I mean, what else, what other villains are they going to have? You know, they're, they're in the heart of Seoul or, well, not in the heart of Seoul, but they're in Seoul somewhere and development is just what happens. So it's, it's an easy one. It's a gimme. But if you look over at Turney Woo that we just finished, they Mm -hmm. had a lot of very creative cases where it wasn't the same thing over and over and over and over again. Whereas I feel this one's just low hanging fruit. Like you (laughs) didn't have to think too hard to figure out why she might be traumatized. You know? Yeah, that's true. It's true. And well, and we have to remember too, this is the first four episodes. So they're laying their foundation. There is hope that things will change. But did they also maybe like introduce it too early? Because I feel like we got to the heart of it all and battling like right away Mm -hmm. and I'm a little worried that I'm going to be so sick of it by episode 16 that'll be like good riddance so (laughs) 
Yeah. I don't know. So, it's a little early to go that hard at the main antagonist and feel like it's going to last. Okay. So at this point, I have to look up and see who the writer is so that I can see if I'm hoping for a good twist or not. Because you make a good point. Because, <laughs> yeah, it is, it is just a bit early to be going hard. Now, it is interesting that the table they're up against is... Um, he is I tried to work this out I think he is Jung Ho's half uncle because he's the illegitimate son of the Dohan corporation who yeah has built all these half buildings. uncle because yeah. his mother is the daughter of the company yes but she wrote off her family she gave up gave up her family to marry Jung Ho's oh, dad it looks like the this writer well there's two writers Mm-hmm. on my drama list neither of them look like they have previous experience no so, so take that what it might be <laughs> well now the um, director is interesting the director is E Jin, and she directed feel good to die which i liked uh she directed sassy go go she directed trot lovers and I, then a whole bunch- i have no complaints with the directing the directing has been really solid there's been some really good transitional direction moments that I've mm-hmm. enjoyed. So no complaint with the directing. I'm just really worried that we're going to run out of plot. Yeah. Well, but hopefully because she's taken on good projects like this before, and it looks like she was a producer for good manager, which means she has an eye for good projects. So hopefully cross fingers. Yes. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we're I, again, first four episodes, we're just kind of floating along, hoping we don't have a dra- another drama that shall not be named. Yeah. We're so. just popping out ideas and thoughts. So yeah, we're just traumatized and working it through here on the podcast. That's what we do. Tangents. So many tangents. <laughs> <laughs> That's what we do. All right. Uh, so your turn or my turn, my turn. So the little barista, uh, we have two little baristas and one of them talks about being so enamored with twice that because he had a fancident. It's so cute because a fancident is essentially when you run into a celebrity or something and you just instantly you they crash into you and you have this instant connection or obsession with them. Did I get that right? Yes. Okay. Which is just adorable. That is my new favorite phrase. Not that I'll remember it because my mind is like a sieve. (laughs) So, you know, it's not going to stay there. But fancident is the perfect word for how you suddenly get a bias sometimes. Mm -hmm. And not only do they put it in relations to K-pop groups, but in walks Jun Ho looking super hot in a tracksuit. And... (laughs) Our leading lady totally goes into fancident mode where she is noticing him and is trying to figure out why. Because I guess like she doesn't understand human emotion, but she's trying to figure (laughs) out why suddenly he does it for her. So it's a really cute, like little light bulb moment. Mm -hmm. And I enjoyed how they did that transition a lot. Me too. And I love that she's, well, okay. She is trying to work out if she's having a panic attack or not because her heart is racing and she is prone to actual panic attacks. So she's like, my heart is racing, but there's nothing else wrong with me. Wait, what brought this on? (laughs) But still it's as if she made it to like, what is she supposed to be like 
26, 27, whatever. Oh, with no human emotion whatsoever. <laughs> yeah. I'm just saying it's kind yeah. of like eye roll moment. I'm like, maybe if you were 16, okay. But <laughs> if you made it through all these years, dated him, well, Fake dating dated. is a strong word because they didn't seem to have gone very far in their dating process, mm-hmm. but um, became very close and were always together without commitments, I would say. Uh, so if you get to that point, it, you yeah, know. yeah, you should know. It's well, just ridiculous that someone in, as you said, their thirties is this naive. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know. I, I could see where she might have some issues. Like maybe he's her one and only, and she just doesn't realize it because when they were dating, they were kind of fake dating. They weren't, everybody just assumed they were together. So to make the the people go away they just got together so yeah so you know they, there was no genuine emotion there and like you said they grew closer and then well there was yeah. on his part obviously yeah. yeah so i mean again it's like come on we're supposed to believe that they or at least she has lived in this bubble where no one has been romantically interested in her ever and she's <laughs> never had a date well she's been busy <laughs> fighting for justice so yeah, it, it could happen. <laughs> no, it couldn't. But right, we'll ignore fine. that. <laughs> Drama Willing land. Suspension of disbelief. <laughs> this is probably one of my favorite scenes so far in the show. The premise is, is there's this apartment building and they're proving that the sound completely isn't working or there's no um, insulation. So the sound goes straight through like multiple floors because you just there, you can hear everything all your neighbors do and say, kind of like I can hear everything that the people across the street are doing to the roof. Um, It's just piercing through. (laughs) And to prove this rather than just sue them because suing doesn't work because by the time you've sued them, all everyone's reputation is screwed. You've invested all this money and you're poor. So it's not like you have a lot of money to begin with. So in order to do this, they get a band. I'm air quoting in my house. Not that (laughs) Carrie can see that. And it consists of the five guys and they all have an instrument. And of course, um, Isangi is going to be the singer because I love this because he is a singer first before Mm -hmm. becoming an actor so it's nice to see him kind of jumping back into his singing roots and they all go into different apartments on different floors of this building and the sound carries so well that they can literally sing in sync with the music in different build or different apartments because they can hear each other Uh and this is how they show on youtube that what the heck how crappy is this building and why is this uh company screwing over the little people so they kind of make it so the company is forced by public opinion to give into their demands with uh compensating the poor people that are living in these conditions and so it's just brilliant so well done and i love the song Oh yeah, I love Isungi so singing. Fun. It's so much fun to watch him sing again. Mm-hmm. So, 
Oh, and he has a voice made for rock. Like I know he's known for his ballads, but his that rock because it was a total rock tune and there was so much energy and he was just there and bringing it. And I was just like, oh, wow, because I'd forgotten that he was a singer. I didn't have that kind of I haven't known him as an actor for very long. Mm. And so just to see this, I was just like, well, that was cool. And apparently, you know, if you're a barista who happens to have been a prisoner in Chonggong prison and you're a keyboard ace and then you've got a drummer who just picked up the drumsticks and he's just really, really good. You can produce a professional level song like this. So yeah, I, it was I, a lot of fun. It was it was so much fun to watch. And the director did an amazing job showing what mm-hmm. was happening without it having to be cut, cut, cut. You know, it was just a really well done uh, performance. And I loved that they took that moment to add just something really quirky and cute mm-hmm. to something that could have been just a very simplified scene. They really went that extra mile. They really did. Oh, no. But the crowning part is the psychiatrist cousin, his velvet shorts. I'm just saying. (laughs) I love the psychiatrist cousin. I don't think I put it in anywhere talking about him, but he's so much fun and he's cute and he's kind of swoony himself. Mm -hmm. Oh, that voice. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I'm kind of like in love with this whole cast. They're all swoony. They are fun. Oh, the Ajimas from across the street. We need to talk. Okay, can we talk about all the fun neighbors? They're very fun. Like, it's a very fun community. It's definitely like a found neighborhood. Mm-hmm. And I, they're just a lot of fun. There's a lot of heart involved with everyone. And I'm liking that a lot. Well, and the fact that they like, they're always eavesdropping on the fights between Yuri and Jung-ho and just like they're they're the little reaction the audience reaction we're doing the same thing we're listening and it's just it's fun or one of my favorite scenes with them is when suddenly um jung ho has spiffied up because he's going as a kind of a lawyery role to Mm -hmm. talk with the opponents and he has his like super expensive suit he's all styling he's not in a track suit Mm -hmm. and like the ajimas just are like their draw jaws dropped and then <laughs> our leading lady literally spits out juice because he looks so good it was that scene was so much fun to watch it was and i loved how he was like oh gross <laughs> I know. well her reaction was so funny literally a spit take it was yep. so funny oh my word <laughs> it was great oh yeah but I just that actress and I, commits that actress totally commits for the comedy. Does. And I she love that completely. And I love the barista's very different energy because we've got the newbie guy who's taking a break from law school. And so he's just bright and bubbly and young. He's and then the perky. other one, <laughs> very perky. <laughs> and then the other guy is the strong, silent type who like knows how to roast all the beans. And he's, he's very open with the fact that he's been to prison. So yeah. I'm sure that'll come out and that'll be fun. And then you have the clients that come in and some of them just kind of cycle in, but you've got the one single mom who was, she moved out of the building because of the noise complaint, because it, the guy was always yeah. making them against her, but she keeps coming to the cafe and like, we already have sparks between her and the ex-con barista, you know, just all yeah. of that. It's weaving together really, really well. All right. So next we're going to talk about one of my all-time least favorite tropes that is rearing its ugly head 
and that is noble idiocy. Mm-hmm. I hate, hate, hate when someone makes a decision that affects the person they love because they think they're doing the right thing because their family are scum buckets. And it drives me nuts. And it's one of my least favorite things. It's like, why can't she still like you, even if your dad's trash? You know what I mean? <laughs> Everyone yeah. has a trash member of their family. That's part of being a family. If mm-hmm. you don't know that you have a trash member, it's probably you. <laughs> Just oh, saying, <laughs> every family has that one member where you look at them and you're like, oh, you could do better. You know? <laughs> yeah. And so there's nothing wrong with as long as he disowns the act and doesn't mm-hmm. support it, there is nothing wrong with having a love interest, even though your dad is scummy and supporting your even scummier extended family. I'm just and saying. may or may not have been indirectly responsible for um, destroying your fa- dead father's reputation. Yes. Yeah. There's a lot going on there. I can understand his hesitation, but yeah. If it's ridiculous a- that he doesn't just communicate right and especially now that he's not doubling down on it because he's Mm -hmm. totally waffling and so it's ridiculous that he doesn't just have a conversation like an a 30 year old adult should be able to do Mm -hmm. you would think so but they're noble idiots for a reason it moves the plot forward okay so this is how we're seeing that these are brand new writers we've got the predictable villain in the with the face of the evil developers we've got the noble idiocy but we've still got some really good writing going on too so i'm i'm going to be the eternal optimist and keep holding out hope i do kind of wonder though because i was thinking about it because he tells his psychiatrist cousin at one point he's like you know why we can't be interested in her and the cousin goes along with it so but i think it's just double noble idiocy (laughs) <laughs> I think it's just his dad. I really, and the fact that it's his grandfather, even if he doesn't have mm-hmm. a relationship with them, mm-hmm. it's like his estranged grandfather who screwed her and caused her dad's death. I yeah. literally think that's the only reason. And it's stupid. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I can't handle 12 more episodes of dithering. <laughs> I can't handle it. No to dithering. Okay, so the end of episode four makes me think that the dithering may stop rather quickly. Or he's going to backtrack super fast because, you know, she's the aggressor. No, No. well, she wasn't by the end. Well, I know, but he could be swept away from the moment. But the second he starts thinking again, he's going to (laughs) backtrack. I don't want you to be right, but I think you're going to. We have 12 more episodes. Yeah, I know. I know. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Let's see. So next we have annoying bad guys. Oh my. Okay. So the it's so over son. the top. Yeah. So it is. over the top. It's like, uh, did we go back to like bad guys from 1999 who are like cackling? Literally, cackling. literally. There's cackling. <laughs> Nonstop cackling. It's really annoying. I'm dying here. <laughs> I couldn't tell. Not at all. Well, oh. and we've got, okay, so we've got the illegitimate son who is played by Johan Chul. And so we'll work. And, and I like that actor. Him. Yeah, yeah I, I do like too. that actor. Like he's Oyun from Hometown Cha Cha Cha. He's um, uh, 
He's been well, in like millions of shows. Like, oh yeah, if you saw him, you would know who he is. He has a very distinct voice. But mm-hmm. when it's like bad guy cackling, it's freaking annoying. <laughs> it's true, and he does that really, really well. Now, what was interesting to me though was there's one point where he's um, showing investors around this new Palacio apartment building that complex that he's set up, and he's pausing for for his uh, PR people to take pictures and he strikes model poses. And I'm like, holy crap, I can actually see it because he doesn't normally play somebody who would be a model. He's just usually this smarmy secondary character. Who's just like you said, there to annoy the crap out of everyone. And I'm just like, well, this is different. And then his dad is just as annoying. Mm -hmm. Well, his dad is, he's like, you could cut out a, a CEO grandpa and just, you know, an annoying well, cares only about that, his wealth. And he doesn't even have any depth. Like, I no. think that's what is annoying is there is actually no explanation. It, you don't even necessarily feel like there's developed entitlement issues. It's just like thrown in cackling and shouting. That's what you have. Well, okay. So there was one point at the very end of episode four when um, Yuri's voiceover is talking about. The oh, yeah. Kinds that of was abuse. a good moment. And, and how showed him being abused. And it's just like, oh, that but, is abuse. We're so used yeah. to seeing it, but that is abuse. I mean, all all that happened was his dad threw water in his face because he was upset, but we're like, that, but that made still, me step he's back. a horrible person who paid someone to kill a dog. Yeah, well, it bloody yes. in her cafe. Oh my yes. gosh, poor Jenny. Luckily, she said, I hope nothing's going to happen to the Sheba. And I was like, uh, forward 10 minutes (laughs) yeah don't don't watch this don't watch that part oh i was shocked that that's what they did it took me a minute to figure out what they were doing and then i was like i thought it was possibly a human until Uh i saw like the leg and i was like oh no yeah (sighs) well like serial killers i can handle pet cruelty is completely different Yeah, I just, yeah, I did not like it. It was interesting that no one in the neighborhood was truly attached to the dog. Like it, it appeared to be except a for the poor oh, the girl. girl. Yeah, Ugh. yeah. Both, I guess they were both strays in a way. So one of the other few negatives that I have is mm-hmm. I don't know if it's a directing choice or if it's the choice of the writer, but our lead shout a lot like excessively a lot. Most of their conversations are screaming at each other and it's fine for emphasis and emotional oomph, but I feel like it's so much that it loses all emphasis for me. Okay. And I actually haven't picked up on it. Like I didn't feel like they were yelling a lot. So go back and watch. You'll notice it now. (laughs) No, I don't want to. Let me live in my happy little bubble. But your bubble is built on lies, (laughs) extremely yelling lies. (laughs) Maybe you just need to turn your TV volume down. (laughs) Uh, Wouldn't help because then I couldn't hear the regular stuff except when they shouted. (laughs) So also someone mentioned this in our discord channel on the thing. And I thought it was an interesting point that the law cases, the two that we have followed so far, seem to have been very easily fixed. And both of them are topics that 
really wouldn't have this easy fix if I may like one is mm-hmm. of course the building and them trying to get money from this developer I felt they did pretty creative on that however mm-hmm. when it came to the abusive child situation I felt like a lot of that was I don't I think that the situation would be way too nuanced to do well in 30 minutes yeah and that's and one so of those, I just yeah. felt like a little it's like oh you're going for these emotional beats but the buildup and creation isn't there mm-hmm. and I think that's again another place where the the lack of experienced writing shows that they're that they're taking on something this heavy but then having it resolved so easily I haven't been super bothered by it because it Again, I'm kind of going into this with a willing suspension of disbelief. This is fiction. You're always we want the one who's willing to disbelieve. <laughs> and I'm here like, let me write this down. <laughs> <I was> like, <laughs> well, why just- did they choose that? Why did they do that shot? You know, mm-hmm. I think it's just us coming from two very different places. Like I'm looking at it. You look at it as like a big hole. And mm-hmm. I'm looking at it as those emotional beats that come through. And did they work at that moment or not? Mm-hmm. I think as we just look at it differently. Yeah, but, that's very true. So that didn't work for me. Okay. Um, and for me, I'm just kind of, I'm, I'm withholding judgment for now, because like you said, I do want to see the whole thing. I want to see the entirety of the tapestry, the story before I, I make a call on it, because there's also the difficulty. I mean, I think they've picked difficult law cases that this is something that would go on for years. Now, do we want to watch one law, law case drag on <laughs> through the entire drama? No. So I think it's just a matter of they kind of bit off more than they could chew. Yeah. And so I'm willing to kind of run with it and just see what they do and just kind of be zen with the fact that it's not like that in real life. It will never be like that in real life. Yeah. Yeah. All right. And pick two moments in the drama that have stood out among the rest uh how about we do one 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 okay Sound good mm-hmm. um my first one i've already mentioned the music was so good that whole scene it was beautifully directed it was just really gorgeous and i loved it mm-hmm. and it was just so much fun i back you up on that but i won't pick it now that you've picked it <laughs> um yeah who wrote this outline hang on a second no you could have written it if you'd really wanted to (laughs) (laughs) we'll argue about that later off the record (laughs) I would have to say my first favorite moment is actually the last moment of episode four because they've been doing the push and pull for pretty much the whole time and you can tell how much he cares about her And he's just not certain about her feelings. And so when she goes to kiss him and just that whole moment, it was just so well done. And I'm just like, okay, I'm excited to see where it goes from here. Even if he backtracks in episode five, I don't care because at least now he knows that they're on the same page, whether he likes it or not, they're there. I did really like how um, she was the aggressor. I felt that kind of had to be what was going to happen because he's so steeped in guilt that he can't get past that and so yeah that was a great scene all right so my other scene I'm going to choose I don't know why but this just sticks in my mind is she's just 
like left her law firm. They threw a party because <laughs> because she's leaving because she would win all these cases, but they were not paying cases. So they ended up almost costing more to win than if she hadn't even taken them. It was great. So they are throwing a party because they're getting rid of her. And she's walking down the street in this gorgeous rainbow shirt. It's like a, mm-hmm. um, it's like a, not, it's like a sideways striped shirt. Yeah. But every color was a different color and it was gorgeous. And there were all the petals coming down and just the feel and vibe of that moment was so refreshing And I just loved it. And I know there's no real significant impact or anything that happened in that moment, but I literally stopped and screen capped it and posted to Twitter that this is my favorite vibe and I love the styling. And so it's just stuck in my head. I could see that. I should head over to Twitter and look, but yeah, I could (laughs) see that. She just I love that they're not holding back on her vibrancy. Like she was vibrant in the law firm. She's vibrant in the law cafe. That's just part of who she is. And can I say, I also love that Kim Wan Hay is her boss. Yeah. Yeah. He is so much fun. And the poor guy just can't win. No, he can't. (laughs) Okay. So the other thing I like is when, okay. So she has a panic attack after discovering her destroyed cafe and Jung Ho takes her up to his apartment because it's the closest because we don't even know where she lives in relation to the cafe, just that it's not there. And so she kind of passes out. And so they're arguing about it the next day because he wants her to stay in his apartment so he can protect her. And she's like, then where will you be? Because you've already said, you know, he's already drawn the boundary. You're a man. I'm a woman. And <laughs> you said we can't even drink together at night. And here you are. You want me to sleep in your apartment? Where are you going to be? just shuffle. <laughs> Yeah. And backtrack. Uh, He's like, I'll sleep on the floor. (laughs) We're we're brother and sister. (laughs) She's like, I don't think so. Are we going to share the same bed, the same blanket? And then her mom walks in and she's like, what did you say? And chases her with a broom. And we've got the rest, you know, we've got the ajimas and the baristas all standing there just kind of being completely entertained by this drama. (laughs) I just, I just love that vibe. I'm loving the found family and how this neighborhood is coming together. I just, and I think that moment encapsulated it for me. Yeah. And that definitely is going to be the reason I continue with this show because Mm -hmm. I could see getting really frustrated with it. I'm hoping that all those found family connections will keep the show moving forward. And so I don't get very frustrated. Um, Luckily, I'm planning to continue watching But if it gets really annoying, I can just kind of like skim fast forward through some of the more annoying, boring parts at the end. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. And same, I'll continue watching. This is, like I said, this is the vibe I've been looking for for a while now. And so because it's, even though I can see the flaws, I'm, it's still hitting all the right notes for me. So I will keep it up. So on that note, thanks for joining us. We'd love to hear what you thought about this episode. You can reach us on Twitter, Facebook, or our Patreon page. The links are in our show notes. We love blogging about Asian dramas, but behind the scenes, we have so much more to say, and we want to share it with you. And talking is so much faster than typing. 